Push Your Peak Series 2 is here, a Watch Bite podcast presented by me, Louise Minchin, former BBC Breakfast presenter who took up sport late in life and is a passionate endurance athlete. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the world's most talented sportswomen and men who achieved extraordinary things. I'll be finding out what it takes, both physically and mentally, to surpass what you think you're capable of to achieve your goals. Tune in to hear these truly inspiring stories and take away the belief that you can achieve your own goals, no matter how big or small. Like and subscribe to listen to a new episode every Wednesday. Push Your Peak, a podcast for real athletes who don't know their limits. Today, I'm joined by NFL star F.A. Abada, one of Britain's most successful NFL players. F.A. currently plays as a defensive end for the Washington Commanders. He was born in Nigeria, raised in the Netherlands and moved to England at the age of 10. He was the first player to go straight from a European football league to the NFL, starting his career at the London Warriors in 2014. From there, he's played for the Dallas Cowboys, Carolina Panthers, the Buffalo Bills, and most recently signed with the Washington Commanders this season. It is wonderful to speak to you. Thank you so much for talking to us here on Push Your Peak. First up, I am, I mean, I have actually watched a live game of NFL, so (laughs) it was a very long time ago, but I think... I'm just going to have to fess up here and be hugely honest. You know, this is a learning curve for me. American football, FA, how do you even begin to explain that to anyone? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people just say it's like rugby, but with pads and helmets. And, and, and seems to of, me, yeah. having watched a bit, a lot faster and actually a lot more complicated. Definitely. There's there's a lot more um, intricacies and a lot more details. But I, I, I think the, the casual viewer would just enjoy it just based on just the theatrics and the the amount of things that go towards the game. It's, it's a huge show. It's a great experience, you know, and, that, and that's what I kind of get from the UK followers and the UK fans. You have your, your advert fans for the teams, but in general, it's just for the spectacles and, you know, just the great atmosphere that it creates. It is just, as you say, a spectacle. Just give us an idea what that feels like when you're playing in one of those top-end games. What's it like being a player with that noise? Can you hear it all going on around you? <laughs> You can. It depends if it's a home game, it's an away game, you win in, you had a good game. Uh, but for the most part, I, I can still remember the London game. And that was, honestly, it was electric. It felt like a home game for us, even though, we, you know, we was in London. So many uh, people just screaming and shouting and just, it was, yeah, it was like a Super Bowl, honestly. Do you know what? That's so great to hear because people talk about you and they talk about, and we'll come to this, you having such a massive impact on the sport um, here in the UK. And I love that we, you know, in London, we can give that back, that kind of atmosphere. Were you surprised? I was. I honestly was. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was very surprised, but it was nice. It was like I said, it, everybody was just having fun. It was a great day. And then afterwards, when, I, when we finished the game and we won, what was really, what really stayed with me when I was walking back into the tunnel and, some, and they just started shouting my name in and out that was like wow yeah. <laughs> oh it's super it's super exciting so we're gonna have to take you take people back to kind of the beginning of the story and how you got to where you are now which is that so exciting so when did yeah. you you arrived in the UK when you were around 10 weren't you yeah I did and um you know just went through went arrived in the UK when I was 10 went into foster care and um, went schooling. And then in terms of American football, like I met one of my uh, teammates, like my old, not teammates, but my, one of my old friends from school. And he had some size. Like when I met him and I knew him, he was really skinny. 
and he had size to him. And I was like, oh, what, what's going on? Like, what, why are you so big? And he told me he was playing American football. That I should come because I, I was I had the same physique as yes, he did. Um, I went there. I you know was, saw these strange helmets and pads and these guys just running around hitting each other. Um, then I then I tried it out and I fell in love with it. Um, a, a, a coach there that was doing an internship at Dallas at the time. He saw the potential in me, and um, when Dallas came to play in London, as as they're doing right now, Dallas he facilitated an unofficial workout for me, um, and then I worked out. I hit the bags. I ran the following year when Dallas created the most making their roster. They gave me a phone call and told me that they wanted me to be a part of the nightmare roster. Um, I was so happy, you know. I quit my job, <laughs> and then then I went to Dallas and I, I tried out for them, and then ever since I've just been in the NFL, just trying to find a, a home, you know. Wow. There's so much I want to kind of uh, get to on that. So how old were you when, the, when you talked to your friend? Um, I was 21. So yeah. 21. Like so 20. what, what sport yeah. had you been doing until then? <laughs> None. I'll kick, None. Field, I'll kick, yeah, I'll kick the ball around a few times, but nothing professional. And at the time I was working, so you only had time for sports. Wow. That's absolutely um, incredible. And you literally did it because you liked the way that he, what, that he looked. Well, I, I, just, I was intrigued because he was really skinny. He was really Margot, but when I knew it. <laughs> and then now he's <laughs> sw- swole. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so I just, you know, and then that, you know, that, that led to, to something, led to another. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> and when you so you saw you you I love your first impression because I think you know anybody you know as as I say I'm so ignorant about this sport that would be my first impression kind of like the weird stuff that they wear for example right uh, when did you realize that actually you know this might be for you um I my first practice I ran into someone and you know I thought I did something wrong and everybody was, you know, congratulating me and cheering me on. And that was, that was fun. It was just nice to be embraced and cheered and be a part of this brotherhood, this team, you know. Yeah. And um, that was just something I wasn't a part of. And, and it was nice. I just that kind of made me fall in love with it. And also it was a nice outlet as well, you know, so. An outlet for physicality, for? Oh, just 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 in general, just outlet for life, just out there for frustration, just how frustrated I was at that time in my life, but yeah. And what was your job at the time? Was it you right? You worked in a warehouse. I did. I worked in a warehouse in Welling Garden City, Grace Foods. We would, we would like break down pallets. Night trucks will come in with pallets. We'll break it down, put it on the assembly line, dish, and then repackage it, and then redistribute it to like you know um, distributors like Tesco's and Sainsbury's. And mm-hmm. I was just that's what we just did. <laughs> you know, it was two shifts, one from six to two, and then the late shift was two to ten. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, so I mean, that's it. Was it a phys- it was a physical job as well? I mean, it sounds like it was. It was. It was a very physical job, you know. Um, you know, lifting, and uh, but then sometimes it was very uh, routine and, and repetitive, and especially when you're on the line and printing out labels and things like that. So there's there's some physical aspects to it, but there's also some very mundane, repetitive aspects as well that I felt like were very soul destroying. <laughs> yeah, no I think to, you're being. Um, <laughs> I think lots of people listening to you will have many parts of lots of people's jobs, which they can relate to. And I think that's why there's so many reasons why you're having such a massive impact in the sports, wherever you come from, the fact that you're from Nigeria and you come sort of through the UK and all the rest of it. But there's also that, isn't there? You've gone from, you know, that warehouse Mm -hmm. to where you are now, front page and centre of, you know, the biggest league in the world. (laughs) It's amazing. It is amazing, honestly. It, it also gives me uh, perspective. 
you know, it's really, it's really fun. Do you kind of like, I know that you come, you know, back to the UK every now and then. Um, tell me what life, how different life is for you now when you come back. Um, prior to me, you know, prior to the early years of NFL when I come back, you know, it was just, it was a place, I think it's my home, spend time with family, catch up, um, you know, and just kind of get back into it to whatever life I built. But now it's, you know, it's more NFL involved. I get to participate in, in um, NFL academies, flag tournaments. You know, one, one year I posted my, my own uh, NFL camp. So, and then now I'm, I'm also being uh, spotted when I go out. So before it was like a nice little escape. <laughs> I could just walk around and go, you know, wherever I want to go. But now if, you, if people even stare at me because they think they know. A lot of people will know who, who you are. Um, so tell me, and there was one story of your, um, did it, was it your wife who heard um, somebody going, oh, I'm going to be the new FA? Was that, did she hear yeah, that? that? Oh, that's yeah, so nice. She did. Tell us the story. That was, so, that was surreal. She, I, I came, I think I went to put gas in the, in the, um, in the car. And she was waiting for me outside the house. And she said that she she saw three or three kids like throwing the ball around like an NFL ball. And when you throw, when you see an NFL ball in uh, in the UK, you're going to take notice because it's just like okay, well that doesn't belong here type of thing. But now it does, you know, it's part of the culture. And she took notice and she heard one of them throw the ball at one of the kids, but he dropped it, and they were making fun of him. And then he's like, "Don't worry, watch, I'm going to be the next FA." And oh. that really just like. It made her cry. And then she, when I came back, she told me about it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I mean, that is just, it's wonderful. And, you know, and there will be people who will be able to do that because you're the kind of, you're the pathfinder. You're the trailblazer, aren't you? But yeah, um, I, I like to believe that a lot of good have come, has come out of, you know, my journey and me, me pursuing this NFL thing. Mm. I'm just I'm just grateful that there's more opportunities. And that's, that's honestly why, where I feel like we lacked in, or I lacked in my, in my upbringing, just the lack of opportunities that were presented. And now there's, there's the academy, there's the international pathway program, there's initiatives like the NFL Africa, you know, and then there's also like charities like the Big Kids Foundations that are like getting, getting the grassroots levels and going into schools and teaching them, you know. So it's just a lot of amazing things that's happening, you yeah. know, in, around American football. And it can turn it can turn lives around, can't it? Those kind of opportunities that people aren't getting. For sure, for sure. I'm I'm definitely a testimony to that. (laughs) Oh, you're such a wonderful testament to it. You play for Washington Commanders now. There's a great camaraderie in the team, isn't there? For sure, for sure. It's a very family based um, organization. Is that like I said? It's a very open locker room. You know, Mm -hmm. um, in some um, teams that I've been in, like. I wouldn't talk to other people that play different positions. And that's not the case here. You know, we're, we're a team, we're a unit, we're a family. And that's kind of how everybody is, um, how everybody goes about their lives. And everybody's just straight, um, it's just, are just genuinely nice guys. So it's easy. Um, so, so, I mean, you make it sound easy. It's not an easy job that you do. <laughs> you put, you, you know, because this, this podcast is all about pushing your peak. I'm not sure many, or I certainly don't want to push my, you know, in the, in the, like, the kind of things you do, because you are physically putting yourself on the line, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very dangerous game. You know, it's a, it's got a hundred percent entry rate, you know, and saying that that's, that's hard, but it's rewarding as well. It's very fulfilling. And I, and I genuinely, genuinely love it. I love it for what it's done and provided, and I love it because it's as as a competitor. I just love I love the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you say one hundred percent injury, so that's everybody is going to get injured. Everybody every game, get, not every game. At some point in a career, someone's going to get injured, and also 
everybody that's playing is dealing with something, you know, wow. has or playing through something. What's the injury list looking like? <laughs> I'm not going to say any, anything else, but that I did dislocate my finger. That was honestly one of the most surreal moments. It was before a game, and you know, during a, it was during the warmups, and you know, we would go against each other, and I and I went against my my teammate, and my finger came out, and it was facing me. Which finger? <laughs> The uh the right uh married finger, I guess, the wedding ring finger. And then I tried to put I, I took my I was like, oh I didn't it didn't feel right. It doesn't look right. Fist. So I took my gloves off and then I tried to like pop it back in and it wouldn't work. And I ran to the trainer and he tried to pop it back in. He's oh, like, no. no, it's not gonna it's not working. He's like, we might have to uh, you know, you might have to sit this one out. I was like, I'm not sitting this one out. So we went to the chiropractor and then he was trying to pop it back in and he was like, No, it's not going back in. You know, radio and every the coach is like, FA's down. I'm like, I'm not down, I'm not down. And I was you know, shouting at the trainer, like, pop it back in. And he popped it back in. And I was like, thank you, wrapped it up. Like, and then again, you went back smiled. in again. <laughs> and I played the whole game, yeah. You Got played the game. How was it? Did it? I mean, it must have swelled up afterwards. It did. It swelled up like a golf ball. And it's still a little bit swollen. Tell me about, um, the you know, the physicality of training, because you're six foot six, aren't you? Yeah, I'm yes. Uh, did you have to put on weight for it? I did. Um, so throughout my whole career, um, I've had to fluct- my weight has to fluctuate in order for one for me to keep a job, and also for me to feel like I can perform and, and do my role to its high standard. So mm-hmm. I came in to the league fairly, really light, um, and then I, over the years, based on draft picks and based on people they bring in and sign, um, I'd have to either put on weight to be able to fill another role that I feel like I can, I could that would keep me on the team, or lose weight. You know, and that's kind of how I've been able to be able to play inside and outside as yeah. a, you know, throughout my whole career. So, so it, explain, it me. explain inside yeah. and outside to me in my ignorance. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm a defensive lineman. And yeah. You have, you can have either four or five interior linemen depending on the scheme that they play, but we play a four down lineman. So there'll be yeah. four guys similar to me on, on a line on the front line. So you have the outside, which are defensive ends. You have one on the left and one on the right. And then you have the interior guys, which could be a nose tackle or a three te- a three tech, and I, I'm and I can also play those roles as well. But okay. the, the guys that are inside are usually have heavier built, just because they they take on a little bit more double teams than the guys on the outside. The guys on the outside can get away with being lighter and faster and more agile. Do you have a preference? I mean, you're playing defensive end at the moment, aren't you? I play no, I play I play all across the line. Okay, fine. So you can play. Yeah, that's I'm, that's I'm amazing like hybrid, versatility. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting takeaway for our listeners. I think is it you know find a way around. You know, be be valuable, and if you have to make changes, do make so. Sense. Yeah. Um, do you find it easier putting on weight or losing weight? Um, I find it more enjoyable putting on weight, but I think I'm naturally skinny, so it's easier for me to put, lose weight. If I don't okay. do anything, I'll, I'll start to lose weight. Yeah, and when yeah. you're putting on weight, can you eat? Can you eat terrible food, or or you have to eat proper, nice protein, etc.? That's a nice balance. Maybe like an eighty twenty. Sometimes you push it. Um. So yeah, talk, yeah. talk about the intensity of training because I know you you do train on what bikes, don't you? I do. I do. I enjoy. It. I I think it helps. You know, in terms of like. The conditioning, so low impact conditioning, and then also like um, after games or after um, to kind of get get a nice little flush going on. And uh, but yeah, it's pretty good. So after a game, you'll go back on the watt bike to kind of bring things down, or how? What, what do you mean? 
so after the game so uh the, the following day you yeah. just kind of you don't want to okay. just sit down and do nothing because you get stiff and you get tired so like and, a recovery and, ride like, like an active recovery yes tell me about i mean presumably you're doing weights and lots of things in the gym as well so right now i'm on a program i'm on the strength coaches program so we do upper bodies and lower bodies lots of dynamic um stuff um core but then there's little things that i add myself that, that i feel like i might need so last year i had a high ankle sprain so just to stay on top of that i do like some extra stuff and heel lifts and some isometric pulls and things like that but for the most part i'm on i'm on, on a schedule and i'm on a program and then i just adjust the weights based on what i'm, I'm trying to achieve yeah. So that's interesting to hear you say that. So you're not just doing what you're required to do. I have to. This is this is my journey. This is my dream. This is my, you know, these are my goals. I'm, I have to make sure I take accountability of that and take ownership of everything. You know, yeah. it's not just a, it's not, a, I, my journey has taught me that it's not a cookie cut out process. Yeah. And then, and then it also helps with the anxiety as well. And also my preparation. I'm making sure I feel like I've done everything that I can do to put myself in a good position. This podcast is brought to you by Wattbike. Push your performance this year with Wattbike. Whether you're training for a sportive or simply want to get fitter, the award-winning smart bike Wattbike Atom could be your perfect training partner. With integrated gear shifters, real ride feel and gold standard accuracy, this is the ultimate indoor bike to kickstart your indoor training. You can measure and track your cycling performance on the free Wattbike Hub app, and get real-time feedback on your pedaling technique too. Expertly crafted and designed in the UK, what bikes are tough enough to withstand elite athletes in training while beautiful enough to sit in your own home? Discover how what bike can help you reach your goals this year. Just head to whatbike.com. That's why I want to ask you about how you mentally prepare you yourself for big games. It's all a process throughout the whole week. You know, there's the mental, there's the physical, there's the emotional. So when you get out there, you can trust your process, you can trust your work. You know, you can rely on it. You're not making things up. You know, there's a lot of film watching, you know, putting myself mm-hmm. in there. Sometimes I watch like live games and I just let it play, play it really loud in the house so I can get my immersed in the sounds and you know, the, the cadences and, and of, of the game and how they play in the flow. And then something I take off the sounds and I watch like films and I get really focused on, on the players and the individuals. And in practice, I, you know, I, I put myself out there. I tried new things. I, I, you know, simulate that in practice. And then when I go to a game, I can just be present and be happy and just be in that moment and just compete and trust that my process is it's good enough and trust that I'm a good enough athlete to, to yeah that's really interesting the trust in yourself and what you've put you know the work that you've done it's all confidence honestly you know at this level everybody's talented everybody's big everybody's fast you know i think it's a lot a lot of people lack is preparation and confidence yeah which um it sounds like you really you really put in that the long hours as well okay so you talk about watching things back do you watch and that, this is a phrase i have to phrase carefully because i'm as you know not an expert on nfl have you watched when you <laughs> sacked the goat a lot of times i still have to explain to people who don't know what that means what i what i've just said uh, the goat in the nfl obviously it's uh, i think everybody refers to it as tom brady you know so the greatest uh, of all time is tom brady right yeah tom brady and um I, I, I was able to sack him. And and that means you I, basically tackled him, is that right? Yes, I tackled him before he was able to throw the ball to his receivers. Wow. <laughs> In that moment, you had no idea kind of the sort of the impact of that, did you? 
No, I didn't. I was like, I was, I was submerged in that game. I was, I was, you know, I was tired of losing. I wanted to win, and I was just focused on on competing. I didn't really care who who I sacked. I just wanted to make sure that I got the ball back to the offense. And then when I got back to the locker room, and my phone was blowing off, and everybody was so happy and so elated that I sacked uh, Tom Brady, and and then it just dawned on me that what I what I did. Did you ever, in all your kind of you know those years when you first started playing this game, that think that that could be a possibility for you? I wish that I had that feeling because it would have made that moment a bit more special. But I think know on who Tom Brady was when you know when I was younger or yeah as I started playing in the NFL like I didn't really care but then obviously as you fall in love with this game as you learn a bit more and you see you know everything that he's accomplished and to the level that he's been able to play for so long and so consistently um you, you appreciate that and then you know it's, it's something that I guess you have to value and you have to be happy for it must be hugely rewarding when you do see young kids who are, uh, and you know, we've got a super fan listening to this um, podcast. I know with the, who's in charge of our technology. So, um, <laughs> you know, it must be just, it must be a lovely feeling he for you. He supports the Patriots, so you know, it must be really rewarding for you. Um, it is. It really is. It's just, it's just nice to see the growth over the years in, in the UK. It's nice to see that it being a part of the culture. It's nice to see so many initiatives come out of it. It's, it's. It's so fun. It's just, it's it's a game, and that's changed my life, you know. And I owe everything, and some, and I owe so many people a lot that's you know been able to support me through the years and made made it possible for me to even do what I do. So it's 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 beautiful. It's honestly beautiful to watch and um, experience and be a part of. Yeah, and tell me how outside of the game. What do you do to relax? I mean, obviously you you're watching at home. You said you're watching games <laughs> at home. What do you what do you do when you're relaxing? Um, what during the season or out of the season? But we can, yeah, because off season's tough, isn't it? Because I mean, how long is off season for you? It's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got like about three months. Yeah, so it's really, really nice. I get an off season, but all my all my friends have to work. But I think the main main thing in the off season is just to get away from it, let your body recover, let your body rest, um, heal whatever injuries and ailments. And then, but for me, it's over the, probably the past five six years, it's always been trying to close that gap and distance and work on the things that I lacked as a player and as a person because I still because I know it's such a small window, you know. And if I commit myself for so long and, and I feel like I can get what I need what I can get out of it and then when I'm done I can do all the holidays I can do the relaxing I can do the frivolous things mm. that I, I can do it's, you know it's a bit of delayed gratification really yeah. and I feel like it's helped it's, it's worked every year I, I progress you know and I, and I get closer and I get better and this season what are your kind of ambitions for this season I'm going to put it out there in the universe I want to get my first double digit sack year that's my individual goal um, so your first double digit sack year right okay so yeah. how many what's your maximum so far five and a half five and a half you can do yeah. this I can do this definitely and that's this year and what do you want to do in the game because you've changed it for so many people already but what's your kind of ambition what would you like to see happen um, just, just the continue of growth in just not just in the UK, across the world, you know, more opportunities, more initiatives um, around creating, uh, just just giving kids more opportunities to be a part of this sport. I feel like it teach. It's just not, you know, even if they don't become an NFL player or get to that level, it's just you know, just to be able to stay committed to something, you know, maybe get into the education. Personally, I want to when I'm done, I want to have my own training facility, and then just kind of have that space where you can, I can kind of, you know, just impact these kids. And um, I don't know yet, but for now, I'm still I'm still focused on my in career goals. Yeah, and where's where does yeah. home feel like? 
Is it where you are now or what's home for you? I don't know. It's starting to feel like home a little bit here. Is it? I like it here. Yeah, <laughs> but home, home would always be the UK. Quick fire questions. Who or what <laughs> is your motivation? Uh, myself and my goals and my life experiences. And yeah, that's my biggest motivation. Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, learn it before you earn it. Learn it before you earn it. Just using football as an example, you can't fake it, you know, and, and if, even if you get to this level and find chance, you're going to get exposed in the field. So it's, it's better to learn what you're trying to do and become and be that person so that when you're tested, you can succeed. So it's, it's better to learn what you're trying to get to or what you're trying to do before you can earn the, you know, the money and all, all that stuff that comes with it. So I think just that's an excellent it. piece of advice <laughs> in whatever you're doing. Isn't yeah, it? just learn it, learn it before you earn it. Do you have a post-training treat, a particular post-training treat? I don't know, something, something chocolatey. Like Is it chocolate. chocolate? Any chocolate? It might be. It might be chocolate. It might be Cadbury's. Dairy milk? Yeah. Can you get it in America? I've got some. I've got some. And I also like uh, the cookie crumble as well. That's really good. Okay. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you on that. You've been an absolute <laughs> legend. Listen, I cannot Thank tell you. you how much fun you are and what, what an inspiring <laughs> person you are. Thank you so much. You, you're absolutely brilliant. And I wish you huge, huge success in your career as well. Thank you. Next week, I'll be joined by the Black Ferns Culture and Leadership Manager for the New Zealand women's rugby team. Alan Bunting shares how he helps each and every player reach their potential on and off the field. This podcast was brought to you by Wattbike. The Wattbike Atom is the ultimate indoor bike to kickstart your training. No matter what your training or fitness goals are, the free Wattbike Hub app can get you there. Check out watchbike.com to push your performance edge.